0: Welcome to the Who Does She Think She Is podcast with your hosts, Kristen Young
1: and Megan Smethurst. This is a podcast for women who are navigating their way through life while leveling up their relationships, careers, and their mindset. Join us as we go deep and not so deep about sex, health and wellness, business, and spirituality. It's going to be deep, dope, and unapologetic. Thanks for listening. Let's go.
0: You go ahead. Yeah. You Um, introduce her. So, I'm gonna obviously first of all super excited because you're our first official
1: yes guest thank on the podcast you and
2: welcome
0: I know <laughs> we were talking about it and like I feel like when we first initially started talking about doing the podcast Kristen and I were like we're gonna talk about like careers we're gonna talk about fitness we're both personal trainers we had like this big thing but truly I feel like we spend so much time as I'm sure a lot of women in their 30s do uh, talking about our relationships and what's going on so it's like I feel like that's really been what we've talked about a lot and then I was like. I have a, I know who the, oh. I know who we need to have on for our first guest, well, so, I love you well, I love you and you and I work together, so that's obviously how I found you. I found you like cool. super organically like I think i I think truly I found your podcast before I even that then I found you on social media is how I think yeah. I actually came across you as your podcast, which I love um and then obviously, you and I work together, so why don't you just kind of give us a little intro on yourself and who you are and what you do and I love your story. I obviously know your story. So I think um, for our listeners to hear, like, kind of like wh- where you were not so long ago and like yeah. your progression to where you are now with this amazing relationship and your business, which is like growing beautifully and all that. So fill us in on all your details. Yeah. Yay.
2: Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you. So my name is Stephanie Turma, and I like to sort of joke that I was a former dating disaster. I was drinking all the time. I was incredibly promiscuous, um, just a lost soul. I thought that I had to be this, this bad girl, this tough girl, and it really left me empty and depleted. And so there was a time when I just had to surrender. It was, it was January of 2015, and I was like, I can't go on living like this. I was 29 years old, and I'm like, I'm going to be a bartender forever, and I'm going to be lonely Forever and something's got to give. And so it was in that moment that I had this breakthrough of like, this is why I'm like this. I, I figured out I had this kind of like divine moment of surrender. And it was like, you're behaving the opposite of what you say you want. So you say you want this long term committed, amazing relationship, but you're behaving like a bar star that no one's going to take seriously. And it was really tough to just admit that truth. And so through my own work, I ended up calling in my now fiance in like 57 days after that. And then we began this really beautiful high-frequency relationship. And I was like, I need to teach other people. There, there has to be, if, I'm, if I could do it, if I could get this person who thinks that I'm great despite my mess, then other people can have that too. And so I started my relationship coaching company where I teach my methods and my belief systems to really help other women get to a place where they can feel comfortable with themselves and, and into vulnerability and, and being who they are. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. So I'm really excited to be here.
0: Thank you. Oh my God, we can't wait to like dig into all of this because, um, like I said, like we find ourselves talking about this stuff so much, but like, you know, it's one thing to like get to that place where you're like kind of sick of your own shit and you know you have some work to do and it's self-awareness is so important and you know I've talked about this, but I mean self-awareness means really nothing at the end of the day if you don't take some sort of action towards fixing your shit. And yeah. we, we all have it, you know what I mean? And you just like continue, I think, to bring it into your next relationship until you actually start to be like, okay, wait a minute. What is my personal pattern? And that's when I think I the universe like kind of like brought me to you is when I personally was like, okay, I see my patterns. I see more even than in my relationship patterns. I started to become aware of like, oh, I have breakup patterns. There are mm-hmm. things that I do when I break up that I'm like, well, no wonder I keep dating the same dude in a different body because I do the same things after every breakup that bring me back to the same ridiculousness. So um, yeah, I think we're just gonna start with a couple. We have many, many questions. We want to many topics we want to cover.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the one thing that I was really curious about and I am in a relationship, um I'm divorced, uh but when it comes to my relationships, I'm not I'm not necessarily looking to have kids. I'm not necessarily looking to get married. Um but what I've noticed is that when it comes to like attraction, it can lead you down what I would say dangerous roads. And I feel like what is what is up with that? Like when we have initial attractions towards somebody, is it good for us? Like, you know, and and then sometimes you might see a red flag, but then you're like super attracted and that you're feeling in love and oxytocin is like... So like, is attraction a little bit dangerous? Like, that's one thing I wanted to ask you.
2: Yeah, I love that question. I've never been asked that before. And so I just, I got goosebumps. So I personally believe that... Anyone we're attracted to is either mirroring a part of who we are, a part of what we want, or a part of what we don't want. There's some type of chemistry that is alerting our bodies to recognize it. And so the fun part is to say, Hmm. is this good for me? Is this bad for me? Is this what I need? That's your work. So there's no such thing as good or bad. It's just the emotion you assign to it. So, for example, I'll give you guys a a little story. Back in the day, I used to watch the show The Hills. And my guy was Justin Bobby. So, for the younger listeners who may not know, this was the guy, perpetually uncommittal, um, Mm -hmm. that super mysterious homeless vibe, the tortured artist. That was my thing. And I was like... All he needs is a good woman to show him that he's wonderful and together we'll have this beautiful fantasy. Oh my God. So, in that sense, that attraction was you know, I'm a fixer. I love wounded birds. I really love a good hot mess. That was me around 19, 20, 21. So, that attraction mirrored what I found exciting, what was an adventure, what was a challenge. And so at that point in my life, I was really magnetized to the wounded birds or the people who really, you know, that beautiful, messy person. I loved that. Now, as I've sort of grown into, you know, I'm not taking that mess on, not my monkey, not my circus. I'm no longer attracted to that type of person. So nowadays I'm really attracted to people who show who they are and love who they are and don't play games. So that's what I'm really attracted to. So I think it really comes down to is the person you're attracted to good for you, bad for you, what you need? Is it a lesson that you just don't want to learn yet? Mm. Is there another person who has to come in and and sort of (laughs) steal the deal? We we tend to forget that chemistry and sexual attraction is not a foundation for a relationship. It's the initial start.
0: Like I try and turn it into a, one, though, it seems like.
2: Right, absolutely. It's it's just more about, like, cannot initial attraction or that spark cannot turn into long-term love because mm-hmm. love changes. The initial honeymoon infatuation stage Imagine if everyone was like that all the time. I hear that it's
1: like really, I hear it's really unsafe for your body because you have so many like chemicals. Like, it is. You'd lose your mind. 100%. Like,
2: nature is amazing because. We can't always be in that super high state because the world wouldn't function. Mm. We so then, would all be at home, loved up in bed. <laughs>
0: like, nothing <yeah>. would get <laughs> Having sex. That doesn't sound so bad. So then, yeah, not <laughs> the worst. But then how do you transition? Because I feel like in a lot of the dating experiences that I've had or that my girlfriends tell me about, it's like when that initial honeymoon phase starts to fade then the relationship is done and it's like then they don't you're no longer aligned with this person you both move on but it's like how do we transition our relationship into a like a long-term relationship
2: right and and that's so common across the board oftentimes we can get so addicted to getting a relationship Mm. we spend so much time in that hunt like is he going to be the one is this first date going to lead into something Sometimes what can happen is when we get that boyfriend title, the air kind of fizzles out of the balloon and we're like, now what? And because we haven't learned Mm. who we are, what our values are, what we believe to be true about love, it's very challenging to decide to build a life with someone when all you've been used to is a couple months here and there. We haven't learned how to exist with another person because we all have stuff. We all have messes. In the beginning, everyone's on their best behavior. Mm -hmm. Everyone is snatched and shaved and perfect. Yeah. That's the fun part. But then down the road No shaving. You have have to learn how to transition into, you know, what does your life look like? What do you guys actually do together? What's the point? And we forget how to do that. We haven't been taught.
0: Well I mean like really looking at an i have done this recently where like what do i like about this person like truly not what am i attracted to exactly. what do i value in this human being and, and then so differentiating alone. yes between okay not just these are body. the qualities about you that piss me off in a relationship but those are always going to be not qualities these are things about you like yeah. characteristics whatever that are like annoys me you like drive me crazy sometimes but every relationship is going to have that but these those are not the deal breakers to me right. the, the, the deal breakers are if i don't I don't align with your values or, you know, like the real things, but I feel like we don't often enough get past the surface and really look at, do I actually like this person? Yeah, like, do absolutely. I actually want to spend time? Like, as you know, I've had experiences where I'm like, I don't enjoy this person's company. Like, <laughs> and then I that is a like clear no, right? Like at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't even want to hang out with you. So it's a no, but like how often, I feel like we just don't do that enough. Like really truly look inward and like, look at this person and not in like a judgmental way, but in like a, are we compatible truly way?
2: Yeah. Well, think about it. We so often want that long-term fairy tale, but the way we've kind of conditioned ourselves is that the first sign of human error or a mistake, or an off-the-cuff comment, mm-hmm. we grab our phones and start swiping again. Yes. It's this whole, thank you, next, it's- I'm going to put my armor on. And the problem is that if everybody's doing it, then no one's going to merge into actual partnership. Mm-hmm. We just are relationship shopping. We're just kind of all over the place. Like, well, this guy doesn't fit all the boxes, so someone else will. It's the notion that somebody else will come along and make us feel better or change our life or suddenly make everything okay. So if we're on that perpetual hunt for the next person to come in and soothe us and then they show us their human side, Mm -hmm. we immediately think, oh, they're not for me. Yeah. But instead of saying, why don't I see this through? Mm -hmm. Because those are the moments when you decide if you have what it takes. Those Mm -hmm. little tiny moments when you can say, we're having a bit of a conflict, let's take this as an opportunity, show us what we're made of, Mm -hmm. and then we carry on. So many of us just sort of drop out of the game and think the next person, we just suddenly won't have these
0: problems. That makes sense. It's like consumerism. I always think it's like consumerism, like you're just like consuming people, like it's like, or fear of missing out or something, you're just like, yeah, like people are just just become like very disposable, which kind of brings me to like the next question that we're gonna bring up is, You know, like obviously dating has changed drastically like a hundred years ago, 50 years ago. And now, never mind. like the purposes that we have for finding partners are not the same. We're not like just mass producing babies and like making homes and doing those things. We've evolved in that way. But I feel like the whole social landscape has changed with social media and dating apps and things like that now. And I feel like on, I feel like on one level, there's a part of me that's like, it's the new normal. But then on the other hand, I'm like, well, I don't really want... If I'm out there actively seeking a partner, if I'm single and I'm looking for somebody, is the person that I hope to find out there on his phone throwing darts and swiping right and just hoping something sticks? No, that's not the person that is for me. So um, I find it like it's a hard... And I know you have opinions on dating apps and whatnot, but like, I just am like, it seems like it's the new normal and it's like how things are now. But at the same time, like, I don't know if it's for me.
2: Right, for sure. And I, I think we have come a long way in the avenues of meeting people. Like back in the day, you would, you know, the men would go to work, the women would stay home. Yeah. There was no concept of, of technology so advanced where we could, you know, pick a date. I remember back when I was dating Plenty of Fish was the thing and it was a website like you literally Mm. had to open your computer and log on (laughs) and see your messages Um, and so now it's just there's so much it's on steroids right and and so yeah I mean it's not super cute all the time like who wouldn't love that meet cute story of in person Mm. and you guys are at the bookstore and you reach for the same book and ha 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 like we would all love that um, so I, I think it's it's less about kind of like I don't want to say complaining, but more about if you are a person who says I want something real, I don't want someone who's just on the apps just to get some. That must mean that there is another person that's like that. Right. I really believe that. I really really do, because you're amazing and you're on the apps. So that must mean that amazing people are on the apps. Mm. And I think, yes, have we gotten lazy? Sure. Have we gotten used to convenience? Yes. But I really believe that part of the agony in the single world is that people don't actually want that. Mm. I think we're still biologically wired to meet and connect in real life, see people's expressions, go do something with someone. I think that's still in us. And Mm -hmm. that's why people have such a hard time and they're frustrated because if we didn't have that biological need to connect, no one would complain. People would be like, this is what you do. It's just like going to the store to buy groceries. Like it wouldn't be something to debate. So I think that it's really about saying this is just a tool. It's just an avenue. If if I'm great, there must be other great people on it. And really sort of staying firm. Like I'm not a fan of um playing games on apps. I'm not a fan of putting silly bios like don't message me unless you're looking for this Like yeah. the game playing is garbage I really mm. believe that if you just say this is who I am this is what I'm looking for I'm open and ready to receive from any avenue mm. and just let the chips fall where they may we spend a lot of time in the outcome business like well what is he doing or what is he saying or what's it going to be instead of being like I'm, I'm an amazing person and what if I enjoyed the journey Mm -hmm. and, and allowed myself to meet people wherever I meet them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's and and you're right. Like, I think for me, um, in my dating history, um, there's certainly times that I have used them. And then there's obviously, I I would say probably more often than not that I haven't used them and I'm I'm not using them, but like, it's always been like, I just remember when I became single again after my divorce and that was the thing. Like my friends were like, you got to you gotta get on Tinder and I was like I am not getting on Tinder and they were like listen it's not lava life like it's not this is not like 2005 this is the new normal and I was like oh my gosh maybe it is like really the new normal and like there are people out there who are super busy um, like young professionals or whatever the case may be and I understand or like maybe you move to a city you don't know anybody it is sort of the new normal and there must be good people on there but I know um I think I got one too many unsolicited dick pics to be I was like, I'm yeah, out. I
2: mean, out. The, here's the thing. There, there's always going to be those guys. There's mm. always going to be those spoiled, entitled, alpha douchebags. They're going to be everywhere. You're going to find <laughs> as many of them on the mm. phone as you will at the gym, in the grocery store. Got a point. At oh,
0: the 100%. Car. Yeah. They're,
2: they're, they're, they're there. everywhere. So yeah. it's more about if you can know that and say there are many douchebags as they are great guys, the same way there are wonderful women and awful women. Mm hmm. It's across the board. So if you just say, okay, if I'm going to try and enjoy this journey and not have this negative connotation, then what do I need to do? Well, I need to know that there's going to be good and bad wherever I Mm -hmm. go. So I might as well get right with myself and what I believe to be true and have non-negotiable standards. So for me, like if I were single in this day and age, Mm -hmm. if I got a dick pic, it would be a block and delete and Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be a thing. I would be like, that is really sad. Yeah. that's really unfortunate like, that is
1: how you are trying to meet me
2: yeah right and and i wouldn't pay any mind because all the energy focused on being agitated could be spent on being like that's really sad but i'm gonna keep it moving mm-hmm. yeah the quicker mm-hmm. you can move out of it then they're just like yeah dust. like they're out of there yeah
0: and that's the wonderful thing about meeting people in real life where you know i mean you don't really get a whole lot of unsolicited dick yeah, in real life
1: really like our lovely. podcast got a message the other day this guy was like <laughs> trying to make an arrangement yeah. and, and i was like no see you bye delete block <laughs> yeah like <laughs>
0: yeah that's it that's but that's the thing
1: that's know. not even a dating app it happens like they slide all in your the DMs time. all the
0: time yeah so um, just
1: next that thing next yeah yeah that makes sense
0: so yeah yeah totally it's, it's sad <laughs> it's unfortunate
1: um i wanted to ask you about chronic singleness So I have some friends who have been single for a very long time, and I have not been single for a long period of time ever. I literally started dating in grade one via back scratches. (laughs) However, I feel like there are some people that I really know and care about that have been single for so long that their standards are so high. And I don't even feel like they're getting time to get to know somebody before they cross somebody off the board. Mm. Like, so what is up with this chronic singleness where you're just so comfortable? It's like, you can't let anybody in. It's like safety in your
2: bubble. Right. I, I, you know what? Like, I love this topic. This is my jam. Um, because that was me. I was the, you know, one month here, nothing, a couple days here, nothing, um, I really, really, really believe that people are single because they want to be. And I I remember watching a movie years ago, um, and there was a guy who said, he's like, when you're ready to be unmiserable and unsingle, you will be. And the girl in the movie was aghast. And I remember watching it being like, but you don't know my life. You don't get it. You don't know. And it's actually true. We get we get some type of payoff in our behavior. And when we're behaving in a certain way for X amount of time, it becomes part of our identity. So my work really is about who are you as a woman. If your identity is, you know, it's never gonna work, all men are assholes, see you later, whatever. If you genuinely believe that, Mm -hmm. that will manifest itself in, in different ways. That could look like never finding a right guy, Um, That could be no one's good enough. That could be um, not being able to lose or gain weight because your body is your sensuality and you want people to stay away. That could look like not wanting to put yourself in situations where other people are there. The subconscious brain is a tricky little bitch, and if we've been telling ourselves I'm single, I'm single, I'm single, I'm single, the subconscious mind is going to say, okay, great, let me find tons of evidence to support that. And what ends up happening is that we, as the chronic single women, will do everything in our power to affirm that we are right. And this all happens subconsciously. So the woman who has impossible standards, that is... Or
1: the man, right? It could be like... 100%, absolutely. It's,
2: It's all... If, if people say that they want a relationship but haven't been successful in finding some type of something for a long extended period of time there is some type of disconnect in what they say they want and what they actually believe mm-hmm. because it's it's like the, we all know that woman who no guy is good enough that is a perfect way to say see I'm so single see it's never gonna work mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. no one can meet you anywhere if, if nothing is good enough for you, then you will continue to remain in that space. I mean, there, it depends on the person, but so many of us are really, really embarrassed to admit that we're unhappy. We all know that person who says she loves being single and she's lying to herself. We all know that person who's been single forever but refuses to be set up, has impossible standards, thinks all guys are awful. We... Our our world that we have right now, like wherever we are right now, is based on what we believe to be true about ourselves. We have created our current reality based off what we believe to be true. So if people are single for years and years and years and years, there is some type of something that hasn't been looked at. And often, if you've been single for a long time, it's been pushed down so much that they don't even know what it is so then it just comes out as what's wrong with me? Am I not good enough? Why is this person engaged? I'm the last one left. All this stuff. It's usually it's usually no, some sorry. Type of... <laughs> I love sorry. you so much. But, but that's the real truth. I mean, I I was single for forever and I didn't understand it until I stopped and gave myself permission to really get ruthless. And the truth was, I was acting like a complete whore. And I know that's intense language, but that's the truth. I mm-hmm. would sleep with guys right away. I would get blitzed on dates. Um, I Like, it was, it was really sad. And I really didn't know that that behavior is not conducive to a partnership. That behavior is conducive to perpetually being single. Mm-hmm. So if I kept saying, I don't know why I'm single, all that would happen is that my reality would reflect the single life until I did a pattern break and said, okay, what am I running from? I have some father wounds. I have some mother wounds. You know, I was the chubby geeky girl in school that no one paid attention to. I had to dig and go through all of that shit. And once that happened, and once I released that, I became a woman that I admired and respected. And that confidence was like a lighthouse And so my partner was like, wow, like I'm, I'm magnetically attracted to you and your partner, your person is going to find you interesting and intriguing and they want to spend more time with you. And then throughout that, then you're like, oh, we're together. And that's kind of how it happens. But if you're chronically single. There's something in it that you want. There's something in it that says, Mm -hmm. I'm comfortable complaining. Mm -hmm. I'm comfortable being the girl Mm -hmm. who's always bitching about men. That's my identity. Right. And until you get honest about the fact that you're basically creating that, Mm -hmm. then things will shift. But it does take some work. Like, it's not easy.
0: And it takes time. And, like, that's actually something that I was going to bring up is how much of that subconscious programming, those stories that we tell ourselves um and i know like we dug into this in the work th- that we did together too is things that we saw or heard or learned as children yeah and are so ingrained in us and we don't even know and so we don't we don't understand why our relationships habitually don't work out or we date the same man, man or whatever the case might be but it's like subconscious programming that is in our brain from our childhood. And what is it up until like age seven is where you, those things are implanted or whatever.
2: Yeah. So from zero to seven, your brain is, is essentially a giant sponge. So, It is absorbing everything. And if your parents were not very affectionate, if your parents were working, if you had to fend for yourself often, if you didn't see your parents touch and kiss, if you weren't told I love you, you will typically grow into an attachment style that is very avoidant. So in adulthood, that looks like the runner, the commitment phobe, the person who doesn't know how to receive the person who is attracting unavailable people. Conversely, if you grew up in a household where you were smothered, or you had a helicopter parent, or you weren't, you know, we all know that one girl who who couldn't do anything unless her mommy had permission, then you typically will grow up and have an attachment style that is very anxious and dependent. Mm. And so that looks like the girl who needs texts all the time, or thinks you're dating after going out once, needs a boyfriend, needs validation. We learn that when we're kids. And it's unfortunate because most of us, late 20s, 30s, grew up with parents who both worked, you know, wasn't really around, didn't have any conscious concept of, preventing trauma in adulthood Mm. this is all relatively new Mm -hmm. so thanks mom and dad (laughs) but it's real and so we just we now have to unlearn and that's why the work can be so challenging because Mm -hmm. not only do we have to unlearn these bullshit platitudes that we were taught by unhealed parents we now have to compete with technology Mm. that's why it can be so intense because the person who believes that you know, love is fleeting or love goes away or love doesn't last, you know, that's going to be tough to handle when you have guys swiping and unmatching Mm -hmm. and ghosting. That's a whole mess. And so that's why this work is so important because we need to just unlearn everything so that we can decide who we are as women so that we can handle the way the dating world works now. Because I can tell you there are so many men out there that are dying for a good love relationship. Dying. They think they need to play the game. There they really is. Yeah. They do. There's mm-hmm. so many. Like, I, it, it boggles my mind. So many good guys because we're, we're both male and female in this weird trap of, like, unhealed trauma from childhood. Mm-hmm. Parents who didn't give us what we need. Daddy issues. Mommy issues. Technology. It's a mess
1: but deep, deep deep down
2: all we want is to be received and nurtured and cared for so the fact that that's still there is what gives me hope and that's why I do this work that's my that's my speech
0: <laughs> yeah that's good that's a damn good Grilled speech off, amen yeah. um but then so here's a question for you how do you differentiate between when you become aware of these things these subconscious programmings and all this like trauma that we've sustained or whatever how do you distinguish between when you're dating somebody and is this my intuition speaking or is this a red flag that i'm seeing or am i projecting my shit onto this person or is this like somehow triggering me emotionally like how do you differentiate between those two like intuition versus projection
2: right awesome um Intuition for me feels very soft. It's kind of like a whisper, oh, whereas mm-hmm. fear—it shouldn't feel
1: like loud. anxiety. Is like anxiety. Fear, okay.
2: Yeah, fear is like, ah, like, like <laughs> by, and it can happen. Ah! It's it's like you know, it can happen so quickly where like a new guy comes in and makes a human error, and then immediately we can go. You know, that one guy in grade two who called me a name, my dad didn't come to my recital, the guy in high school who didn't take me to the prom, the guy, like, quick, 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 So then it's just like, this is what it's always going to be like. That's fear. That's anxiety. That's projection. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you can sort of get right with yourself and say, like, okay, like, we all have a mess. We all have stuff. No one is done. The work's never done. But wouldn't peace be better than perfection? So if peace is better than perfection, then I can allow myself to just observe. I'm just going to observe this and listen to my body. So often we have forgotten to do that. Mm-hmm. And because you guys are in fitness, you know the power of the body and when it's trying to tell you something. Mm-hmm. So if you're out with someone and you can you can even try it. Like the next time you're on a date, if someone says something and you register it as like, This is information. This is something. Does it feel soft and okay? Does it remind you of someone in your past? Mm. Is it dangerous for you? Like, you guys can decide is this really him or is this all the
0: guys from before? And I think that's my problem. Admittedly, I am like reactionary and I'm emotionally driven. So. For me when something like maybe triggers me and I or or I have intuition or something I know I have a tendency to like fire back really quick. Right. Like where I should maybe like put my phone down and take a bath, like just chill for a little while before I respond. Um so I think that's a big
1: and connect with your emotions, right? right? Or listen, just actually be like, like,
0: like is what am I actually feeling right now? Tune in. So I know that's something that is a I almost say it's a problem, but it's an opportunity for me to work on is I know right. I'm I mean, like I am just like reactionary Whereas some people are able to... And it almost, like, can kind of infuriate me sometimes because I'm like, let's have this co- hard conversation right now and just, like, move past it. Whereas some people need yes. to take, like... I'm going to just not say anything. I'm going to take the afternoon and we'll talk later. And I'm just like... Yeah. That's probably the best move to make, but I'm like, let's fight right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I get that, too. I don't like leaving things unsaid. I don't like having resentment linger. It's,
1: a it's very feeling.
2: it's 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 icky. And and yeah, like I get it. I and I think that so many of us just haven't learned how to deal with our own baggage. So we carry it around. And it's like you and I have talked about the thorn mm. where we spend so much time mm. protecting the thorn on our side. No one touch it. Don't come near it. Oh my God, because if you hit it it's gonna hurt instead of saying, I'm gonna take this thorn out. Yeah. I'm gonna take it out. Like, we spend so much time being like, don't come near me, don't hurt me, that when we have opportunities for conflict resolution, we can just sometimes act out of that inner child or that wounded person. So that can happen if if you feel very reactionary or triggered or something where the the desired response is almost larger than the situation. Mm. Like if you're having like a casual one-off conversation and you're noticing that you're like activated and the other person's like, what, what's your problem? That's usually something that you've been carrying and Mm. it's an opportunity to release it out.
0: Right. So like, then I guess the question is like, um, when you start wanting to, you, you know, you're ready to do the work and you become aware of these things and you're like, shit, this is something I need to work on. Um, When you get that self-awareness Aside from the obvious which is like hiring a coach, but like what what are some tangible Things you can do to like start digging into this and doing the work or like practical things you could put into play to like sort of Start working on some of these patterns that you have
2: You're gonna laugh when I tell you (laughs) Because you were resistant to this, but my number one tool is tapping. Yes. I love tapping. Oh, is that that thing?
0: I, I tap all the time. It, fully, fully you know? Admittedly, I tap in the morning all the time. Because you I never was, wanted I to. I know, do. I was super resistant. I remember I told you, I keep hearing I need to tap, I need to tap, and I was like, it's the universe ah, on me, and I didn't. What is did it. tapping? It's,
2: it's, so, it's, okay, so it's almost like with acupuncture, they put little needles on meridian lines and energy centers to release energy. Tapping does the same thing without an abrasive needle. So there are certain points on the body that store energetic trauma and you, oh, and you look mm-hmm. silly doing it. There's no denying that. 1,000%. All, all of my students and clients when I'm like, you guys need to tap, everyone's like, I don't want to because <laughs> you look foolish. But it's great. So there are certain points on the body that if you apply pressure and repeat um, sort of mantras, not so much affirmation, but awareness Mm -hmm. mantras, Mm -hmm. like a habit of mine is to run from love. A habit of mine is to run from love, and I'm no longer willing to do that. You Mm -hmm. start sort of releasing it. So what can happen is through different rounds, I like to do three rounds, you'll start to notice your body will feel weird for me sometimes i get nausea because i store trauma in my stomach area so i'll notice i'm getting nausea or dry throat or i'm Mm -hmm. feeling a feel and that's energy moving so if you're ever in a place where you're like i just need five minutes to recalibrate just start tapping there are certain points karate chop here is where i start and then along here, you can do up here. There are certain points you can always Google in YouTube. But what that does is that it immediately breaks the energetics mm-hmm. so that you have stopped the anxiety because mm-hmm. your body and brain is saying there's something else going on. Mm-hmm. I've now done something to stop this emotion and I'm releasing it. Mm-hmm. So because you guys know energy stores in the body and how toxic, unwanted, and not so great it can feel. So it's a really great way to just relieve it. Mm-hmm. There have been clients who have just said, I'm I'm sick and tired of feeling like this. And I said, let's just go. Let's take 10 minutes and we will do rounds of tapping where we say we acknowledge we're sick and tired of this, but we deeply love ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then through that, the energy lifts and they're like, okay. And then you can start tackling The the real work. So you can say, All right, I was activated. What was happening? Mm. Was I hungry, anxious, lonely, tired? What was going on in my world where this came up? What do I need to look at? Because when we can calm our bodies, then we can ask ourselves questions from an open state. And then that's when things will flow and you'll just start to feel better. And the more you allow yourself to move the energy, the clearer you'll feel, and then you'll get your own answers, and then your intuition
0: heightens. Mm-hmm. I will truly say this. I was really resistant to it. Just, I don't know why, I, because, yeah, you look like a fool. But But I almost was like, oh, I don't know if I want to deal with whatever comes up.
2: There you go. So
0: always truly, right? Like so like there's always something in it for you that you don't or you don't change your behavior. Like for me it was like I just didn't want to deal.
1: And you're like that with meditation too, when we
0: talk oh, about yeah, no, like, totally. nah, I
1: don't want to sit I'm quiet. like, ah, it gives me anxiety, yeah. I think
0: too much. Yeah. But I will say, I did truly and like you can YouTube it, I can put a guy who I like to use in the notes for this episode, but um you can find so many good videos and they're like ten minutes max, they're not long and like truly like tapping. I will I'm say check this out tapping, I meditate. I want to ten minutes out. every morning tapping, do a couple rounds, literally it changes you. I truly am like cannot say it enough. So Please, thank you. So you've been <laughs> doing this. Yeah, I've you been never doing told it. me. I know, uh, I don't know why. I've been bugging
2: you since April. I know. Like,
0: trust me, but, do it. But truly, and I truly, I truly did. I started, I've been like really, really mm-hmm. religious with it. And I will say this. If I hit a phase for like a month where I'm like off it, I feel it in my body. I feel a difference. I really do. So, mm-hmm. big, big advocate for tapping. You've you've Yay. converted me. I love it. So, hooray. my work is Yeah. All
1: right. I've got one hell of a question. Oh, yeah. yeah this is a hot topic. So, this is from personal experience i was with someone for about four years and we had a great relationship but there were some big chunks missing hence why it didn't last and one of the things was i was not shared at all on social media at all i would even be at events where there was photos taken and i would be discluded and i was I wanted to ask about that because nowadays we do have kind of a social media thing when you're starting a relationship, you know, where you want to share your person, are you oversharing? Are you undersharing? What's your thoughts on that?
2: I love this question. You guys are knocking it out of the park with these original <laughs> questions. I love it. Um, I would agree with you, I don't think it's cool at all to purposely disclude your, your partner. Um, I'm not someone who's like, oh my God, Facebook official. Like I graduated high school. I don't need that. But I would wonder why someone would want to hide you. Mm-hmm. That would be my question. Um, because how can They're she
1: cheating. No, no. <laughs> but, that,
2: but that's the thing. It's like, I mean. Sorry. Like old, no, but it's it's true. It's like that old joke of like, I have a boyfriend, but he never wants to bring me out on holidays or birthdays. What do I do? And it's like, call his wife and ask him where he is. You know? <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like, I,
0: I, truth needs no defense. Can Can I just, I just want to interject and be devil's advocate for one second. Because here's the thing. Before I get into what I'm about to say. Yeah. I was saying to Kristen, I'm like, but it's like a point of pride to be on somebody's social media. You're kind of like, like you feel like it's like a badge of honor. Like they're acknowledging right. you as, sure. their, as, your, as their well, person. Especially if you're like infatuated with them. Yes, here's where I'm gonna play devil's advocate though. And I'm, I'm truly, I'm just like trying to look at it from all angles. Prior to Facebook, prior to Instagram, nobody had the pressure or the expectation to be shared anywhere. It wasn't right. the norm, it's the norm now. And I believe that there are people out there in healthy, healthy relationships who don't share their partners, and there are people really? that do share their who? partners. You think that there's not one person in the world who doesn't doesn't share their relationship on I'd social like media? I'd like to know who. Okay, let's. Because it is such
1: a part of our lives. But how can how can you do that? But then, but but there's people you know that I mean?
0: share that are out. She's getting like, it in all weekend long, oh, like uh, cheating like, all the time, what? and they look like they have these perfect relationships. So that's a good point. Too. I just believe yeah, that there. You can't point. say that there's not anybody who doesn't share their relationship, but that that not happy i think it's just like uh, a preference i think it's a privacy and i think preference? you i think you made a really good point i think in the dating phases of a relationship we talked about this earlier in the early dating phases maybe you aren't sharing it because it's not like maybe you're and committed and you're not sense. seeing other people years you know what but, i well, mean that's you a different like, story that's like yeah well, i
2: i think the biggest thing is that if it bothers you and they know that that's the problem.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's fair.
2: If, if if you're like, hey, this is it's kinda weird that, you know, we're at this event, we're taking photos. Yeah. And it, it bothers me, yeah. that would be something I would look at. Mm-hmm. Some people like my fiance has like eighty eight friends on Facebook he shares memes about metal music and <laughs> I don't like we it, it's we're not like that but if mm-hmm. if we were out somewhere and I wasn't even a thought and it looked that he was single that would kind of make me feel uncomfortable uh, I think yeah. it really comes down to you know some honest conversation some hmm. some people don't think about it and some people are deliberate and that I think would be the the thing to think about I think people who have a joint Facebook account that's a little much for me I don't I never understood that and then again you have things like with my Facebook it's pretty much like a business profile there are some photos of him but my Facebook isn't like Jordan and I are out on the town like that's not
0: what I do. And there there are people that use their social media platforms. Like myself. For that only, right? Like they're not, they're not, it doesn't mean that they don't have a partner or they're not in a relationship or it's not happy or what. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. I don't know. But it's not intentional in that they're excluding somebody it's intentional that they're using it for one thing
2: right and it, and it doesn't affect the other partner I
0: if think it's what okay your to...
2: partners doing is bothering you mm-hmm. that's a problem
0: but yeah. I think though then you have to have a comment conver- I think the conversation has to be this is how I use it and this is how it is and right. that person has to decide whether or not they're okay with it being used that yeah. way because if you're like no ultimately I have to be on there or it's a deal-breaker well then
2: right oh absolutely yeah. And and I think like I really think that this sort of issue, oftentimes, it's not even about Facebook. It's about are you ashamed of me? Do you not want people to know about me? Why am I not a, a forethought in your mind? Do you view us the way I view us? Yeah, that's usually what it's actually about. Yeah. So that would be the conversation because if your partner is like, "Oh, sorry that." like whoops that wasn't even what i was thinking about like you know you're my number one it wouldn't really affect you that much right. like i don't go to my partner and say like why don't you write statuses about me or why aren't we why aren't you posting the photos we took this weekend because it's not even his thing but i don't worry that he's using his, his facebook profile to talk to other people mm. or that he's somehow not as into the us as i am so that i think would be the thing to really break down first because the facebook stuff that's just sort of the umbrella right yeah. that's just kind of the easy conversation but really underneath it's i'm feeling insecure in this relationship and i'm not it, it doesn't look like you view us the way i view you she so does,
1: what's that about she rip off the band
0: I told you that. Yeah. Yeah, I told her. I'm like, she's not going to sugarcoat She's going to rip off the band-aid. That's good. That's a great... Yeah, you. I remember we were talking one time, and I don't remember what we were even talking about. Actually, I think I do. And you were like, you were saying, there's something in it for you. And I was like, I don't know what it is. And you're like, we can do better than that. And I was like, I don't know. It's probably safety. And then you were like, yeah, so if you keep acting the way you're acting, you're going to be single for a really long time. (laughs) I was like...
1: Rip off the band-aid. No, well, <laughs> it's, it's
0: because I'm tired of, of people
2: saying that the solution is a six-pack and lip gloss and, you know, a bang in body. Like, I'm tired of one-dimensional shit. Like, if mm. that's not what it is. I think if we had more courage to say, this is what I actually think and feel, mm. how do you think and feel? We would have, it would be better. But <laughs> yeah. I think the, that,
0: the only know? reason we're afraid to do that is because I think truly we know what the answer is going to be and we don't want to hear it. Really? That's so smart. You know? Yes.
2: I know. Ding, 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 ding. hundred percent. Yeah. Because it's so much easier to live in this fantasy world where we're half satisfied because it's better than nothing. Mm. That's totally. That's sort of what it's been.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Ugh. very cool it's all stuff. so much it's all so much work <laughs> <I know. laughs> warning uh, and that's the thing about it like this isn't like fun work you know like it can be like yeah. it's some of the like toughest stuff to deal with to work through in order to get to like but the reward on the other side is so worth it
2: it really it really is and, and I mean like I've been doing this for three years now and there have been a lot of women who are really excited And then they're like, oh, this is what we're doing. And I'm like, well, yeah, like, but you you and me, like, we'll do it together. It'll be fun. (laughs) Because, I mean, let my mess meet your mess Mm -hmm. and let's hold hands through it. Mm -hmm. And and then you're not, you know, reading some stupid book and thinking it's a one-dimensional thing because information is not transformation. Mm. You have to decide that you're willing to be rigorously honest because, like, it's so much better. Your relationships across the board will be so infinitely better if you know who you are as a person and, and only act like that throughout.
0: You yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I just think where people are so scared to do that, but. Hmm. Okay. Um, Kristen has a really good question for you. Um, this Yay. is a, I think our last question. This is our the finisher big, question. Our big one.
1: And I'm going to, before I go, I say this, I ask you this question, um, my therapist and I talk about relationships and he had a beautiful way of putting it. And he's like, any relationship, it's truly about, um, support, judgment, and love, whether it's with a male, female, male, male, female, female, or whatever. And, um, it's a great mantra. And I was wondering, uh, what your relationship mantra is.
2: I love this one. I know I've said that to every question, but (laughs) legit. um, I really like the mantra, recognize the light. I really subscribe to it. Because if we can recognize the light in someone, our life just gets so much easier. Because I believe deeply that people who hurt us are hurt. And that people who do us wrong haven't figured it out. But there is some grain of kindness. There's some grain of, of humor. There's some grain of something. There has to be because you were attracted to them at one point or another. If you are willing to recognize the light in any relationship, and even if it's just a little bit, your inner peace will skyrocket. You will be less likely to fixate on, on human flaw you'll be able to say, you know what, even though that man was wounded, and, and wasn't the greatest to me, I entered that relationship as well. Mm. So where can I recognize the light in that? Did this mm. person provide me with a child? Did I have a moment of a memory? Did I feel somewhat better about myself? Did I learn who I who I am? Is there some type of lightness in this relationship that I can focus on? Because then you sort of you're, you're not in this space of, of resentment and pain body and intensity. Like, I have been treated like absolute garbage. I have been in abusive relationships. I've been pushed out of cars. I've been treated like a dog. And I can still find a little grain of light in these people, and it frees me. So I don't have to carry any shit. With my partner now, when he drives me crazy and I want to throw him off the balcony, I stop and I say, where is the light in the situation? And I'm able to quickly move through it so that I can get back to love and I can get back to that, that space where I'm able to see the soul in people. One of my best attributes and one of the toughest things that I have about me is that I see the good in people. I'm very trusting and I love people. I'm one of those unique souls where I can see someone in my face, angry and rageful, and I can say, what happened to you when you're four years old? I'm so sorry your mother didn't tell you that you were loved. I'm so sorry this happened to you. And I'm able to see that in people. So recognizing the light will just diffuse situations. It's very hard to put yourself in that position when someone has done you wrong. It's very challenging, but the... The spiritual growth and the freedom in being able to say, that person's just wounded, but there's something good in him. Even for a minute, the bomb gets dismantled bit by bit by bit. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge, huge, huge proponent on finding some grain of of soul mm-hmm. in another person because then we're less likely to be so affected by other people's actions. And it,
1: sa- it sounds like that after you do that, then it's it would be also helpful to then do the same thing to yourself
2: hundred percent it's that's all it is we are just soul beings everyone that we come in contact to I believe there's a karmic contract in it sometimes people come because they have a lesson to learn and we're the teacher Mm. sometimes people come because we have to show them something there's always Mm. some type of connection so if we're able to say What is the light in this connection? Did I make him a better person? Did I teach him something? Mm. Even if you don't, even if you'll never know, even if you never get that call years later, like, damn, I, I wasn't the greatest guy, but, like, thank you for your time. Even if you never get that conversation, if you know that this person came in for XYZ. I came into this person for one, two, three. There's something that connected us that has to be cosmic. Right. And cosmic consciousness is pure light. There has to be some goodness, even mm. in the most troubled people, because the most troubled people need the most love.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, um, takeaway that I had from us working together was to be more forgiving of people's human moments where I would be and that's I think when we were talking about well, what are you getting out of this like yeah. dismissing people right I'd be like I don't have the time or the energy for this I'm too busy I'm trying to run a business like I don't have time for this shit and just dismissing people um, and then learning like no everybody has human moments like yeah. I have human moments we all fuck up in a moment we react emotionally or you know we're not always our best selves we're not our best selves in relationships and like just being, like, slowing down and just being more accepting yeah. of that when people have them.
2: Totally. It's, there, there's something really magical when you can find the humility to say, you know, we're all trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. No one's better than anyone. Because the same woman who says, get out of my face, I don't have time for you, would be calling her girlfriend saying, I can't believe this guy told me he was too busy to take me out. Right. It's the same thing. So if you're able to say, holy shit, I do that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And then you start to undo that, you will be less likely to find that person in your space because we attract mirrors of ourselves. We attract people that we need to learn from or who learn from us or that we're similar to. Mm -hmm. So if that quality in you is something that you're like, this doesn't serve me, this doesn't feel good, and you choose to eradicate that, you will be less likely to attract that quality in a partner coming into your space.
0: Right. So last second part to this question that I guess that I want to like just while we're talking about it is then how important is it, and I think this is something that we don't do often enough in relationships, is it, how important is is it to, um, I feel like when somebody behaves in a way that we don't like, Mm -hmm. then we react to that instead of maybe thinking about it like how do i want them to mirror me how do i want them to act so how how should i react to this or how should i behave in order to get them to come over to where i am instead of me trying to get to where they are like i feel like we're in such a reactionary stage all the time that we're like making moves based on what other people are doing instead of being like whoa i'm gonna do this and they're either gonna come or they're gonna go
2: yeah totally i mean i i think Reactions can be really intense and not helpful. We we don't need to be reactionary. We just need to be more observant. Mm-hmm. So if someone's coming into your space, like if you're if you're in a partnership and your your guy is in a mood and he's picking, we've all been there. Where it's like what's like what's your deal? You're picking, you're picking, you're picking. It would be easy to clap back or to take the bait or to sort of go along with that energy, it would be a lot harder to stop and say, let's stop what we're doing, let's take 10 minutes, what's going on, and ask questions. When we can make the conscious decision to not take the bait, we've already sort of surrounded ourselves in a place where it's like, I can handle what's happening. Mm -hmm. I can choose to not have an adult temper tantrum because there's some dissonance happening here conflict is really just my needs aren't being met and I don't know how to express that to you so if you're in partnership and someone's acting out or they're just not being themselves or something's off you can say what's going on right now Mm -hmm. you could even say something like what um what's a good one that I love to ask it's it's questions like what aren't I seeing is there anything that I can I can do that I haven't been doing? Mm-hmm. If you can just start to ask questions instead of assuming that everyone's mood is about you or that you have to raise it up, you can decide that you can instead zoom out and observe and say, okay, I'm noticing something's off. Is there anything I'm not seeing? Is there anything I'm not doing? Is there anything you wanna talk about? And just open up the dialogue. If your partner's like, meh, 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 then like, leave him alone and go do you. Because then your side of the street is clean. You've done your work. You've decided to not take the bait because we're grown ups. We don't need to have adult temper tantrums. You've asked the questions that say, "I love you unconditionally despite your behavior." Or, you know, I I love you despite this attitude. I'm gonna ask questions about it. If you're open to sharing, then we can move forward. If you need to cool off, I'm going to take a bath. Your hands are clean. Mm -hmm. We need to start being Mm grown-ups. And I think so often we've sort of got caught up in this society of instant gratification. Now, now, now. We can open our phone and get whatever we want in a few hours. Mm -hmm. We're so used to immediacy. But other people are complex individuals. Mm-hmm. We've all had days where you've been in a bad mood and don't really feel like being bothered by anybody. So allow the grace for your partner. If you decide to not take the bait, ask open-ended questions to spur the dialogue and then observe, You're, you'll have less conflict and your partner will be able to see you as a teammate and not a punching bag. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That was Very amazing. Cool. Amazing. Thank
1: you so much, Stephanie. Oh my God. Oh, Thank so you welcome. so much sorry, Thank you
0: for I like the lighting is fading <laughs> It's all right. Um, we actually
1: have a light to help we, us with some yeah. lighting. I know. We, <laughs>
0: <look so good. laughs> we anticipated this. It's all the lighting. <laughs> yeah. um, can you, where can people find you? Yes.
2: So I'm on all social medias, I'm searchable everywhere. You can either search the Good Love Company or me, Stephanie Cherma, and I'm just an inbox away.
0: Amazing. 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 And we will connect. We said the same. Note. That was cute. Um, that was we adorable. Will, <laughs> we will put um the links to your social media in our notes for our episode. Yes. And we'll send and you the podcasts and everything. Can't wait. Oh, you guys
1: are so great. Thank you so much. No, <laughs> you're so you great. So yeah. Yeah, I've learned so much, God. I know, it's
0: been a lot. I need to decompress now.
1: Okay, we are so... I know, that's
2: a warning. It's always like, take some time, because it can be a little intense.
1: <laughs> it's good. Yeah, I feel it, but it's good. It's a good energy.
0: Thank you so much. Thank
1: you, Stephanie.
0: Have a good night. Bye. You're so welcome. Bye. Thanks, ladies. Bye. you've been listening to the hooties
1: (laughs) thanks for joining